Hard to believe that this is the last week of October already. Um, wow, crazy, fast. Uh, we're in week three out of four of Living the Dream series. And I am constantly amazed at how God leads us um, to the right series idea, the right text, the right you know, messages and, and, and thoughts that we need for just the right time. That happens in our church over and over and over again, where we get into a series and someone says, that was for me, that's exactly what I needed, or, you know, thank you for doing that. And I think, well, man, it was months ago when we, when we you know, when, when we planned that, but then it just hits us at, at the right time. And uh, thankful for that. Our next upcoming series, this one's got two weeks left. So beginning November 9th through to the end of November, uh, that series is going to be called Roller Coasters. And uh, if you're on a roller coaster right now, or you'd like to get off a roller coaster, uh, we're going to talk about some of the roller coasters. And, and just a word, um, we're the, the Live in the Dream uh, billboard that's out on the outside of the church. Anybody ever notice that billboard, or do we put that up there for nothing? Do you, do you see those posters out there? Okay, the Live in the Dream one that's out there right now, we're going to leave it there, even when the roller coaster series starts. I'm telling you in advance, don't send us letters and emails saying, hey, dummies, get with it, wakey, wakey. Um, We're going to leave that up because we'd be ripping it down and just putting a new one up for a week or two. And that's a waste of of resources because halfway through November, we're going to put up the Christmas one to promote the the Christmas um, services. So... So when, you, when roller coaster starts and you still see living the dream, don't say, what a bunch of donkeys, they don't know what they're doing. Okay? You all right? You can laugh. It's okay. You can laugh. You're all thinking, who writes that stuff to the pastors of the church? Well, if I could get them to stand up and admit it, that, you know, that would be great, but they won't stand up. Okay. Uh, so roller coasters is coming. Uh, we're going to get the old roller coaster from Crystal Palace and set it up in the lobby. I made that up. No, we're not. Oh, wouldn't that be fun if we could? Um, so this series, Living the Dream, living the, that, that phrase, you know, man, I'm just living the dream. It's kind of a sarcastic phrase that people use when what they really want to say is, my life rocks. And, and you say, how you doing, man? Oh, you know, I'm just living the dream, right? And they're, they're just, they're just they're, there's something that they say when they, want to, when they want to point out to you, I'm clearly not living the dream. I'm nowhere near where I thought uh, I, I would be at this stage in my life. And for this series, we chose to look at the life and the writings of the Apostle Paul, who literally lost his shorts for Jesus. I mean, he lost everything for Jesus, lost it all. And when everyone else in his world would say, Paul, brother, you, you've hit rock bottom. Like, you've, you've literally hit rock bottom. You are sitting on a rock bottom prison cell in Rome, like a cold, dark, dirty rock bottom. Like you can't hit any more rock bottom than that. When all the people around Paul would say, dude, like, man, you you just hit rock bottom. Paul writes us letters like this, and he says, I've never been better. Like, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm really, honestly, truly, living the dream right now in this, in this moment. So Paul says that, that dream living is Jesus living in us. It's not conditional on our circumstances. It's not situational. It's not based on whatever life has, has dealt you. Dream living is, is shining bright for Jesus Christ wherever you are, 
right now because of what Christ has done for you and in you, what he's doing in our lives at every moment, whenever, wherever we are. Now, last Sunday, we talked about shining brighter for Jesus. And I honestly, I prayed for you all week long. I prayed that you would not let your light dim uh, this past week. I prayed for you that God would, would just keep pouring gas on your fire, just helping you to, to blaze bright for Jesus this week. And that God would give you opportunity after opportunity to be the light in the darkness. And then, and then talk about darkness with, with, with what was going on in, in uh, Parliament, Ottawa, Quebec this past, this past week. And in, in, in Canada got a little darker. And we were all rocked by that. And the unnecessary lives lost. And we were reminded again of just how dark our world is. And it's getting darker. It is, just may as well say it, it is getting darker all the time. But, like I said last week, to keep the place from going pitch black, God left the lights on, and you are those lights. You are the lights. So this is not a time to be dim for Jesus. This is not a time to burn out. This is not a time to, to run and hide from, from the darkness. When it gets darker and darker and darker, the lights need to shine brighter and brighter and brighter for Jesus. The world needs us. The world desperately needs us to shine. They need you. You. They need you to shine as bright as you can possibly shine. So... There are four weeks in the series. There are four chapters in the book of Philippians. So now we're jumping to chapter 3 this morning. And we're going to read verses 7 to 11. It's 7 11 morning at Moncton Wesleyan. Here we go. Philippians 3, verse 7, where the Apostle Paul says, I once thought these things. You want to know what these things are? You've got to go back this afternoon and read the first six verses of chapter 3. But he said, anyhow, we're parachuting in. I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless. Because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything is worthless, rubbish, when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Okay, back to the beginning part of verse 7, where Paul says, I once thought that these things were valuable. Paul's, Paul's being super humble and, and transparent here in this, in this part of the text. Essentially, what he's saying is, there's a time in my life when I was wrong. I, I, just, I once thought. that I, I thought I had it figured out. This is, this is the way that I used to think. But Paul says, it, it, was, it was wrong. Um, I was messed up. My thinking was off. And Paul just admits it. And he just says, you know what? Man, all those years and all that stuff, it's just, it, was just, it was just wrong. I had my ladder against the wrong wall. Anybody ever do that? You ever climb and climb and climb, and you just think, well, this, this someday this is going to add up. And then you realize, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh, 
I have my ladder against the wrong wall. This is, this is not a good deal. There was Paul saying there was a time in my life when I was, I was making these deposits and, and I thought they were going to be valuable and I was building investments into my life and I was storing up all of these, these resources and in, in, in things that I, thought, that I thought they were going to add up to great worth. And Paul says, then I woke up. And, and he literally saw the light. If you look into uh, the book of Acts chapter 9, there's the story there where Paul literally, I mean, the lights go on, like literally his eyes are open and he sees the light in and, 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 and his radical encounter with Jesus Christ. And so what Paul's doing here in Philippians chapter 3 is he's trying to help us see the light and he's, and he's, he's trying to help us not make the same mistakes that he made. And, and he's saying, look, don't live your life for things that, that have a false value, for things that, that you think are going to add up, or you think they're going to they're going to be of great worth to you at some point. Don't chase the world's vision of of value, the things that the world thinks will add up and add value to your life. Paul says those things are very different. They're totally different from the things that God says will actually add up and add value to your life. Now it's easy to think that you aren't living your dream. If you're focused on, you know, someone else's dream and you're just watching everybody else, you think, why is the whole world getting ahead of me? Why does, every, you know, everything good happen to them? And then all of a sudden you can start thinking, man, man, what's, what, what, is, what is wrong with me? If you're chasing someone else's dream, if you're looking at their house or looking at their spouse, hello? Or if you're looking at their job, their cars, their vacations, their health, whatever. And Paul's saying, look, Paul's saying, when I, when, I, when I think back to everything that I had, he says, I just realized, I, I came to this point in my life where I could just yard sale everything for Jesus. I just, just nothing mattered. It's just, I just looked at it and thought, it's, it's all just, just stuff. I could just yard sale everything for Jesus. And I don't know if you ever thought about this, but just for, just for a second here, let's talk about the painful side of a yard sale. The painful side. I don't know if you've, ever, if you've ever done this before. I have. I have. A painful side of the yard sale is, is that a yard sale can be a reminder, a painful reminder, of all the things that at one point or another you thought you had to have. And, 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 and you, you bought something for 50 bucks, and on this particular Saturday morning, you're just happy to get that thing out of your house. And, and you'll take anything. In fact, by noon, you would, you'd, be, you'd be really happy if someone would just walk away with it so that you don't have to drag it back into your house. Am I the only one who's ever experienced anything close to this? The painful side of the arts. And you think, you know, this stuff, like what in the world? How do I, how do I accumulate all these things that I thought at one time or another that I had to have and then it ended up being worthless. But more than just stuff, Paul's not just talking about, about physical stuff. Paul's looking at his, his past achievements. He's pointing to the, you know, the frame certificates on the wall, things that he invested a huge amount of his life pursuing. And he says, you know what? I once thought, I once thought that those things were, were valuable, that those things were going to add up, that those things were going to, to get me somewhere. They were going to, you know, help me uh, achieve certain things, certain goals in my life. I thought they'd pay off. And then he says this in, in the middle part of that verse, two little words that, that 
I put exclamation marks. Your Bible doesn't have the exclamation marks, but you, if you've got a pen, you can write in the exclamation marks and underline this in your scriptures. Two little words, but now. Paul says, there was a time in my life when, when I was chasing that dream and I was building up all this stuff and I thought all those things. But he says, I had a turning point. I had a but now moment in my life. And he says, you know, after the, that, everything in my life has, has changed. But now is, is the turning point. But now is your, your new life in Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's when, you, when you, I won't fall off, trust me. When you, when you cross that line of faith and you jump in and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Second service, last Sunday, we had like five people say, today's the day that I'm, I'm jumping in. They had their, their but now moment where they could say, okay, everything before that moment was the old me. And now in my, my decision to follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, from now on, everything's going to be different. And I'll look back at all that stuff and everything else. And I'll just, like Paul, I'm going to say, you know what? But now, it's, it's, everything has changed. Jesus is everything in my life. He's the most important thing in my life. We had, we had a person down here. We have a deaf ministry in the first service. And we had one of our deaf friends raise his hand to receive, to receive Jesus Christ in the first service this morning. And he had his, his but now moment. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you that opportunity again before we leave today. And I'll, I'll explain it then. But, 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 but Paul says, but now, but now is um, it's the symbolism of, of baptism. When someone comes up out of, the, out of the water, we've got another baptism service coming next Sunday. Can you believe that? crazy. Like, it's just unbelievable what, what, what God is doing. And, and, and the but now, uh, the symbolism is all there in that baptism service as someone is, is we, we, we don't, I was going to say we hold them down the water. We don't, we, 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 we help them go under in the symbolism of that saying, just as Jesus Christ allowed his life to be laid down for mine, just as he was buried, but, but God breathed new life into him, and God raised him up from the dead. I'm, I'm allowing God to take my life, and I want my old life to, to be buried in Jesus Christ, and I want to be washed by the, by the blood of Jesus Christ. I want to be changed. I want to become a brand new person, and God is raising me up to be a brand new creation for his glory. That is your, your but now moment, the symbolism of baptism, and there's nothing more exciting and that, that, is, that is why we do what we do here. But now means that God can take any life, any amount of failure, or any amount of success, any amount of disbelief, hurt, anger, questions, or fear, and turn it into dream living for Jesus Christ. And then, yeah, that's, that's good, because you know what? I mean, I'll just get back over that. Any life. Because there might be someone right here thinking right now, like, like, like me? Yeah. Yep. Like you. Any life. Any amount of failure. Any amount of success. Any amount of disbelief. There could be people here who really, really wrestle with disbelief. Any amount of hurt. Any amount of anger. Questions or fear. And turn it into dream living for Jesus. In Paul's case, in Paul's case, God totally rocks the most notorious Christian hater in the Middle East. And, and I, I mean, that's just part of what makes Scripture and God's story so, so awesome. The guy who was persecuting Christians for sport, the guy who was on a mission 
to burn out the church. God says, that's, that's my man. <laughs> that's, that's the guy right there. I, I, I'm going after him. And, uh, and that's who Apostle Paul is. Hang on while I get some, some black coffee on my throat here. The most bitter, antagonistic, persecuting hater of the church. God gets a hold of his life and, and transform him and sends him out as a missionary for Jesus. Well, what is, that teaches us that no one is outside of God's reach. God can reach anyone. He can change any life. There's no one. And it also is an encouragement to us to don't, don't ever stop praying for spiritually lost people. Don't ever think of someone, well, like, like I don't know if they'll ever come to Jesus. Don't, don't, don't give up on someone like that. Just keep praying and believing that that person can, will come to Christ. And some of the people who seem the furthest from God, some of the people in your life right now who seem the most resistant, I mean, anytime you mention church, they just, they just, they just, they're, they're met. You think about that person as the Apostle Paul and think, you're going to make a wonderful follower of Christ someday. That'll, that'll drive them nuts. They'll blow their top. But you just say, you know what? You remind me of the Apostle Paul. And he turned out to be the greatest missionary of the church. And um, people like that can come to Christ. And we can send them out of this church as missionaries too. Like, like who knows what God can do in people's lives. It, it, it's, the potential is incredible. Okay, second part of verse 7. Paul says, after he says, but now, he says, I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Again, if you want to find out what he's talking about, you've got to go back to the beginning of chapter 3 and read the things that he's talking about. He says, I consider them worthless. What he's saying is, don't put your value in valuables. That's, that's what everybody else does. But we're different. And Paul says, don't put your value in valuables. Valuables will let you down. You can't find your true value in valuables. Your value isn't in what you possess. Your value is in who possesses you. Okay, it's not in what you possess. So, valuables, they, they just kind of lose their worth when you consider, when you realize what Christ has done in your life. Like the Apostle Paul is just kind of like, ugh. <laughs> that stuff's just kind of, it lost its shine. It lost its glitter. It lost it, uh, yeah. It's like, all I really want now is Jesus. Jesus means everything to me. Now, I'm not saying this morning, I always, have to, I always have to clear this up. I'm not saying that you have to get rid of everything. But don't pursue those things thinking that, that they're going to fill the void in your life because they won't. And there will come a time in your life, if you pursue all the, the valuables and all that stuff and the achievements and all that at, at, at the sake of your spiritual life, there will come a time in your life when you look back and you'll say, and you'll, you'll regret and you'll think, that was, why did I do that? Why did I do that? So many missed opportunities. Now, whenever I preach on this subject, I run the risk of people thinking that I'm, I'm you know, Pastor Tim wants us to sell off all our stuff and live like hobbits. And, and I'm too tall to be a hobbit. We can't. That's not what I'm talking about. However, however, if God speaks to you about something this morning, I would say be obedient to that. And God might bring something to life in your life and say, you know what, I, you'd be better off without that. You've been pursuing that. 
more than you've been pursuing me. That's taken a too high of a value in your life. That is distracting you from, from, from me. And if God speaks to you about whatever that is, then I'll, yeah, yeah, you need, to, you need to respond with obedience to that. Do something crazy for, for Jesus Christ. Did Jesus ever say anything about this? Great question. I'm glad you asked. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven. Where moss and rust cannot, where moss and rust cannot destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal wherever your treasure is. There the desires of your heart will also be. The first part of verse 8, Paul says, Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. It's pretty simple for Paul. It's pretty simple. He says, you know what? When I compare everything that the world has to offer, when I think about all the stuff that I spent so much of my time pursuing, he says, really? It's, it's all just kind of worthless. Let's put it up here kind of in a graphic to help us see this. Here are some of the things from, from Paul's world at the beginning of uh, Philippians chapter 3. Paul says, when, it, when I look back and think about, you know, all that I had and, and the years that I spent uh, reaching a certain level of education and, and the position, he says, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I mean, I, I'd gotten to the, the very top of the top. And everybody would have known Paul. He would have been a, well, he was highly feared, highly respected uh, guy. Uh, all of his achievements. Paul says, you know what? When I, when I look back at all of those things that I, I thought they were going to be valuable, I thought they were adding up, um, I thought they were just, they were going to fulfill all the voids in my life. Paul realizes, you know what? I would take that list and, and I, would, I would trade it all for Jesus. If, if my choice is to have all the things that the world has to offer, if, if I could have all of this, but know Jesus, then Paul says, no, I don't want that. I would gladly trade it all. I count all of this as rubbish, garbage, worthless in light of having Jesus Christ in my life. Paul says, take the whole world, but give me Jesus. If my choices are everything but no Jesus, or if I could take nothing, if I had absolutely nothing, I'm just, I'm just sitting in a, in, a, in a cold, dark prison cell in Rome, hungry, broke, homeless. Paul says, if, if that's my choice and, and I have Jesus, he says, I'll take that any day. Just give me Jesus. That's, that's all, I, all I need. And, and I'm not saying it's wrong to have, you know, wealth or education or God might bless your life with all of those things. I'm talking about priority. I'm talking about who or what comes first in your life. And the great irony and contrast of it all is that any of Paul's friends, anybody who knew him, would have said, Dude, when your life was over here, brother, you were living the dream. There was nobody like the Apostle Paul. I mean, you had the world on a string. You had it all. You, you had it. Man, you were laughing over here. And the irony of it all is Paul, Paul saying, No, 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 no. No, he's saying, Wakey, wakey. No, no. You guys, you've got it all wrong. This over here is truly living the dream. And, and it's just, it's so full of, and, and, and powerful, powerfully filled with, with, with that, that irony and that, that contrast. Paul says, I wouldn't go back for anything. 
He says, nothing, nothing can compare to the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. I want to I press and, and push a little harder on this text for a few minutes. One of the, um, one of the comments is this is not just Monk and Wesley. I mean, this is true of churches anywhere. Pastors everywhere um, get comments like this. And uh, here's, here's the comment. Uh, every now and then someone will say, well, I'm just not being fed. Right? You, you get that comment. Churches everywhere get that comment. Pastors everywhere get that comment. And I want to push and press hard here a little bit for a moment because you can only be fed to the point of your own willingness to surrender to God's word. Like, I can't get in you and pull your heart open so that you can surrender to, to God's word. You can only be fed to the point of your own willingness to surrender to the power of, of God's word. So you're being fed right now, but if you resist it and you say, well, I don't like peas. I don't like carrots. Well, like my kids at the table, you're, you're going to go hungry and you'll have to figure it out. And like I said last week, most of us are already fed far beyond our obedience. If we simply acted on what we already know, we could, we could serve Christ until he comes back. But let's press in on this for a few minutes. Now for Paul, again, not saying this is for everyone, but for the Apostle Paul, he realized that it was, it was, it was all or nothing for Jesus. He, he couldn't follow Jesus wholeheartedly and, and still hang on to some of that stuff. So he tells us in verse 8 that he discarded it all. That, that was the Apostle Paul. He just said, I'm done. Everything else is gone. I just, I'm just walking away from it all. It all seemed pointless, worthless, garbage. And he dropped it all in order to gain Christ. Now, here's what you need. This is the message. This is what you need to hear. If you hold on, if you resist this morning, and you just say, well, I, I'm, I, I can't let go of that stuff. If you hold on to the things that are holding you back, you might lose it all. You might. But if you let go this morning to the things that are holding you back, anything between you and Christ, whatever it is that God speaks to you about, if you let go this morning, then like the Apostle Paul, you can gain everything. And that's a choice that you need to make. Paul's teaching here fits several of our core values. It's bold, it's risky, it's clear, it's serving. If you want to be fed, if you want to really grow, if you want to see your spiritual life take off like a rocket, then do something extraordinary for Jesus. Put him ahead of, of all your other pursuits. Put Jesus ahead of everything else in your life. And I guarantee you, you will grow. And um, just in case you needed a few clear suggestions on how you can do that this morning, I happen to have some. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Here are your suggestions. Number one, we have a brand new, purebred, thoroughbred, high-octane youth pastor, Drew Donovan, and he already has our youth ministry back on fire, okay? So go ahead and applaud that. that, that you know, applaud that. That's good news. Thank you, Lord. Now, don't just applaud. Get in there. Oh, see, I didn't, you know, we're volunteers jumping up. Yeah. 
pick me, here I am, send me. I will go and serve. I'm, I'm really serious. Get in there with him. Get in there. He needs your help. Jump in there. Serve any way that you can. Volunteer any way that you serve in our youth ministry. You are directly involved in shaping the next generation for Jesus Christ. Who knows what, 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 what potential there is in that youth ministry? Who knows what kind of world changers might come out of our, our youth ministry? Really, like who knows? Somebody, a, a, a teenager could get invited to our youth ministry come to accept and follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They could go off and pastor a church, somewhere, go and study at Kingswood University, President Gorbett, and then, and then go off and serve Jesus Christ in some area of the world and exponentially multiply the ministry impact of the Moncton Wesleyan Church. I mean, exponentially. Someone's, someone's family tree, their spiritual family tree can be changed for eternity. Like, like some of you are here because your grandparents came to Jesus, right? Generations ago. That could happen with a teenager in our community could come into our youth ministry, follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And then generations from now, someone might say, how did it, how did it happen that your family came to be, be followers of Jesus Christ? And they would say, well, actually... Actually, it was my great, great, great grandfather that someone invited to the youth group at Moncton Wesleyan Church way back in 2014. And my grandfather came to follow Jesus. And, and ever since then, our whole family's been serving. Like, you could, you could rescue generations for eternity. And I mean, is that not exciting? Do you know of something more exciting? I don't know. So, so get in there. Jump in. I'm got, actually, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it right now. But before we leave here this morning, we're going to make it, we're gonna make it tangible. Uh, that's, that's coming. You can look forward to that. Okay. All right. Um, next one. We have a children's pastor in Liz Hoyt who is an absolute gift from heaven. She could lead a children's ministry in a church five times our size. She is a born leader with a passion for kids and unstoppable energy. And she's crazy. She's crazy. Um, A church like ours, with so many people and so many good things happening, people coming to Christ every week, people being baptized almost every week, a church like ours should never lack for volunteers in children's ministry. Now, you see, you're careful to applaud because you're like, well, he wants me to sign up. I I caught on to you learned that one back a minute ago, didn't you? You're like, oh, don't just applaud. He wants, me to, he wants me to serve. Go serve with Liz and her team. Again, I know you're not applauding because like applauding means signing up. You caught on to that. Go serve with Liz and her team. She needs volunteers for everything. But I'm, I'm here to, I'm going to, she needs volunteers for everything. But I'm going to also fish. I told her I'm going to get out there. And I'm going I'm to fish for this, and I'm going to find this person for you this morning. It's going to happen, okay? We need, we really honestly need, we need someone capable to step up and volunteer to lead our children's, the midweek, the Tuesday night midweek children's ministry program uh, in January, winter, and spring. We need someone, we need a, we need a Sharpie to step up and say, okay, I'm, I'm counting everything else as worthless. I'm counting everything else as all the other things that I could be doing and just say there is nothing more valuable than I could be doing than helping Liz by, by stepping up and leading the midweek children's program from January into 
this spring. So I told her I was going to come out here and get it, and I hope that I have found that person, and I'm going to give you an opportunity in a minute to respond to that. And if, if 50 of you respond, that'll be awesome. Get out of your comfort zone. See everything else is worthless, and help us, join us in leading hundreds of children to Jesus Christ. Uh, there are hundreds of ways that you can serve in this church. You can help us prepare for the Christmas services. Uh, we need more people helping in media, computers, lights, graphics, cameras, all of that. Another way that you can serve and put Jesus ahead of everything else in your life is by your giving. And you need to hear teaching on giving. You really do. I'm, I'm helping you whenever I mention giving. I know it makes you full, but I'm, I'm helping you. Um, you need to know what God says, what the Bible says about money, and how trusting him with all of your resources, everything that he puts in your hands, and how trusting him with that uh, can bless your life. It's exciting to be a part of a church where so many great things are happening, where children and teens can make lifelong decisions to follow Jesus, where people are standing to their feet saying, I'm coming to Jesus Christ right now, and we applaud that as people uh, choose to, to, to accept Jesus Christ and to follow him, where people are being baptized. Uh, we need to get behind this church with our finances. We need to support what God is doing, and God might speak to to several of you this morning about, about doing that and stepping up. Now, hear me, hear me, hear me clearly this morning. This is, this is really when you need, to, you need to hear the next things that I'm about to say. Okay, because it always goes sideways a little bit and someone always misinterprets. But, but hear this clearly. Serving isn't about what you can do for your church. Serving is about you becoming more like Christ. That's why we want you to serve. Because Jesus came to serve us. When you serve you're becoming Christ-like. You're growing, okay? That's why we want you to serve. Now, giving, giving is not about what we, the church wants from you. Giving is always about what the church wants for you. And there are hundreds of people in this room right now who could testify to that and say, you know what? When I, when I honor God with my giving, he, he, it just, he takes care of me. It works, okay? So uh, I'm going to jump down. Um, we're going to skip a little bit and, and jump down to verse 10, and then we're going to land the plane. Paul says, I want to know Christ. It's just the bottom line. Like I just, I just, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power, the same power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, uh, sharing in his death. In other words, I'm going to shine bright in the darkness. I'm not going to run from the darkness. I'm not going to hide. If I have to suffer for Jesus, Paul says, I will suffer with him, sharing in his death so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I know this is intense, but let's, let's go there anyhow. Um, why do I, we get uncomfortable with scriptures like this, and we squirm, and we stack bricks, and we count lights, and we try to change the channel on the, on the preacher. Um, if we're uncomfortable with this, it could be because we're too comfortable with other things. And... And honestly, this morning, as your pastor, the reason why I'm passionate about this is because I, I love you and I love this church. And, and I want to press in on this for a moment because I want God's best for every single person who's here in this room this morning. I don't want any of us to look back with regret 
I want us all to tell bigger stories for Jesus. I want us to say there was a time when, when we as a church decided together, every single one of us, that we were all in for Jesus. And everyone together said that they, they just want to know Christ. They just want more Jesus in their lives. They just looked at, at everything else and said, you know what? It's all worthless. It's garbage. You take this whole world, but just give me Jesus. There's nothing more that I want than more of Jesus Christ in my life. And we cried out for more of him, that the whole church surrendered everything. And we, we put Jesus ahead of every ambition in our lives that we desperately wanted to know and experience the mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead, that the resurrection power of Jesus would be real in our lives, that it would be real here at Moncton Wesleyan in our church, and that the evidence of that power and that level of surrender would be, would be us going out and loving our city like never before and serving our city like never before and serving in our church like never before and people loving one another within the church like never before. Would that not be awesome? And people giving to the church like never before, giving to missions like never before, signing up for missions like never before, just doing whatever we can do to serve the Lord like never before. And here's how we're going to respond this morning. You see these cards, they're here at the front of the church. We filled out a bunch of these in, in first service. We're going to do it again. And um, if, you're, if you're bristling right now and you're like, oh, I don't like this, ask yourself why. What, what is it in me that, that, that just... Yeah, I just don't want to do this, okay? Um, we filled these out in the first service, so I'm going to ask you right now to uh, take, take a card. Go ahead, uh, everyone get a card. Uh, couples might have to share, but that's okay. And, um, and get, a, get a card in your hands and, uh, and be, ready, be ready to respond. Go ahead and take a card. Um, and there they are right there. I was going to say, and the band can join me on the stage, but there they are. They're awesome. If you are, you don't have to put your name on this, but you can if you want. Here's the ushers with more cards. If you need a card, raise your hand. If you're already serving and you just want to celebrate that and just share on there where you're serving, write it down. If this morning you just want to say, Pastor Tim, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm fully surrendered. I'm just so thankful for what God is doing and I just can't wait to see where he leads us as a congregation. Just write the words all in. Put a big happy face. This one's got a great big happy face and it says all in. And, and, and just, just go ahead and do something like that. If this morning um, God spoke to you about helping in our youth ministry, some way, any way, it, it could be anything. doesn't mean that you've got to, you know, lead a small group of junior high boys, uh, but there's other ways that you can be involved. Share that with us. If you're feeling this morning, you know what? It's, i got to get involved in children's ministry, and, and i got to go help Liz. Um, share that with us this morning. If you think that you, you're the person to lead our midweek program for kids, definitely, definitely share that with us this morning. Um, if you want to serve in some other area, if you want to serve pizza, if you want to pour coffee, if you want to usher, if you want to work in the parking lot, whatever, share that with us. If it's technical, whatever, share that with us. If you'd like to know more about giving and how you can up uh, your giving, if you can um, start tithing, uh, do pre-authorized giving, if you want to know more about that, we'd love to talk to you, obviously, about that. Um, Share that this morning. Jenny's going to lead us in a great song. And um, we're going to surrender our hearts in obedience to the Lord. 
And as Jenny leads us, uh, I'm going to invite you to come and uh, place your cards here at the front of the church as an act of, of worship and surrender to the Lord this morning. And then I'm going to ask you to not leave uh, because I'm going to come back in a minute and I'm going to give an invitation for anyone who wants to uh, accept and follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You don't want to miss that. And then we'll close. Let's all stand together. Uh, let me just pray before us as we worship. Lord, Lord, Jesus, you've been here this morning in such a rich, thick, powerful way. And God, I pray that you would help us just to hold our thoughts here for a few more minutes, to not go for lunch in our heads, to not start thinking about all the other things we need to do today, but just hold our thoughts here for a moment and help us to surrender. Um, Lord, you know how much I, I love this church. And God, you know my heart for us as a people that we would be all in, that we'd be fully surrendered to you. And so just help us now as we respond uh, to you and as we worship. Lord, for anyone who's here this morning who has not yet ever crossed that line of faith of believing you in their Savior, and they're, they're, they're thinking that over right now. They know that I'm going to come back here in a few minutes and ask that question. Lord, I pray that you'd soften their heart and help them to make this most important decision. We worship you right now in Jesus' name.